When it comes to food allergies and food intolerances, gatherings can be stressful. Stressful for the host and hostess and stressful for the guests. Tune into this episode where Pam and I discuss strategies for fun and safe gatherings when dealing with food allergies. Welcome to Food Allergy and Your Kiddo with Dr. Alice Hoyt, the podcast about demystifying food allergies, diminishing allergy anxiety, and taking back control. Let's navigate this challenge together with evidence-based information, scientific research, and tried and proven practices. And now, here's your host, board-certified allergist and immunologist specializing in food allergy, Dr. Alice Hoyt. Pam, I'm so happy to have you back with me today. Hello, I am happy to be back today. Awesome, awesome. And you know, we're getting into the season of gatherings. I know gatherings will be affected by coronavirus, of course, but coronavirus will be gone one day and we will be back to lots of gatherings. And even now people are still having gatherings, but they're doing a lot of them outside. But going into the holiday season, I wanted to talk with you about your strategies to successful gatherings. Definitely. We are coming up to Thanksgiving and Christmas and all the other festive holidays this season. And we have already kind of started trying to figure out where we're going to be with family. Are we going to have guests at our house? We have a great outdoor space where we can safely gather with our families. So my husband and I have already kind of started talking about menus and what our plans are. And we have family members with celiac and food allergies and intolerances. So for us, it's very important to just kind of have a rule, so to speak, of how we go about getting ready for these situations. We can't just decide one day, hey, let's have a dinner party and do it. We kind of have to plan ahead. And so I thought it'd be kind of cool to just kind of share how we do it because with everything with food allergy, things can seem very complicated and overwhelming. But if you kind of just have a list of how to go about doing things, it really can be very simple and and safe for everybody. And that's sort of the ultimate goal is to have a safe, fun, stress-free gathering. So hopefully some of these tips will help those of you out there. That is exactly right. Okay. And we talked a little bit before and we've narrowed your strategies down to five. So let's go. What's number one? So the first thing that we do is that we speak to our guests about if they have any food allergies. So you actually very openly in the beginning, when you invite them over, you say, hey, do you want to come over in two weeks for dinner? Yeah, that sounds great, Pam. Okay. Tell me about your food allergies or preferences. Oh, absolutely. Because whether I get asked or not, I tell them ours. So I think just because we are a food allergy family, it's just very, it's just very second nature to us to ask someone if they have any food preferences or allergies, even my husband at work, which I mean, I know medical professionals do ask you if you have any allergies or anything, but even though it's on the form, he always asks again. And that's just because he has a daughter with a food allergy. It's just second nature to us. So that's the first thing I do. I just say, hey, look, we're going to have this great dinner party. Tell me about your allergies. And if they say, oh, well, for instance, my niece, well, we have celiac. So then I say, well, then give me a list of anything that you prefer that I replace and I'll see if I can replace it. So she can give me a list of their preferred gluten-free pastas or breads. If it's something like, well, you know, I don't have a dairy allergy, but I'm really 
um, lactose intolerant. Okay, well then I won't use cow's milk. What can you have that's also safe for my family, obviously, because we stay away from certain nut milks. So I think that's just really important. I don't, I think we live in an age where people are just very open about it and they just want to have a fun, safe time. So I definitely don't think that it's overstepping a boundary to ask something like this. No, I think it's great. And I think a lot of people appreciate it. I know that a lot of people who have food allergies, but also food intolerances, dietary preferences, really bad reflux, high blood pressure, and they have to to deal with lots of sodium issues or diabetics. I know that a lot of people worry about their diets and our society is very centered around eating and diet. Isn't that right, Natalie? Yes, <laughs> sweet darling. And so it is, we like to host people and feed people because that's a, a way of loving on people. And so now with now that we can identify that certain foods don't do well with certain people, I think it's really great in another way to show love towards a person like, hey, not only do I want you to come over and I want to feed you, but I want to feed you in a way that's good for your body. Exactly. Exactly. And and that's, I mean, I couldn't say that any better or differently. It's just, it's just become part of life. And so we just have to accept it and move on, really. We just, we ask. And for us, it just really makes a situation where, because I think food allergy families, oftentimes prefer to eat at home because it's safe. So when we're asked to go somewhere to eat, just having taken that extra step to ask us, what do you prefer? What makes you comfortable? Really makes us comfortable. And it, and it makes us want to go there and it makes our child feel comfortable when she walks into someone's house where it's food that's not made by us. Awesome. What's your number two? Um, kind of just piggybacking off that, just basically asking for their guidance and rules. So for instance, we stay away from things processed in facilities with peanuts. Or if you have a nut allergy, can they still have peanuts in the house? If you have a shellfish allergy, are there, can you still have crawfish? Can you have shrimp and not crawfish or crab and not shrimp? You know, where... What is the threshold? So basically, I just ask for for guidance from them to let me know what it is that I need to do to make sure that if I'm cooking for them, they're going to feel comfortable. So if it's celiac, do I need to cook everything with celiac first, disinfect all of my pots and pans, and then cook everything? They may have gluten in it separately. Do I need to put all of the food with gluten in a completely separate part of the kitchen? Would you prefer that I don't cook anything with gluten? So just kind of asking what our thresholds are, what makes us feel comfortable in that situation and knowing where you can really help them, again, feel comfortable coming into your home and sharing a meal with you. And the rewards that you'll reap for taking such care of somebody can really go very deep. Oh, sure. I mean, at first this sounds like, wow, you're you're asking a lot of questions and you're going to <laughs> a lot of trouble. But when you're having people over, you go into trouble. Right. You know? Right. I mean? Yeah. Well, and, and like you said, the point of having people over is to just sort of share and in love and in fellowship and and to just have a fun, stress free time. And And unfortunately, food can be stressful. And so if you can get all of that stress out of the way ahead of time, then you avoid someone walking into your home and saying, oh, I can't eat any of that. And then it makes for an awkward situation, right? It makes them awkward. They can't eat at your house. They Mm -hmm. don't feel safe. So just asking all of these questions ahead of time just really sets you up for success. Absolutely, Pam. 
I think that can take us to our number three, talking about the menu. So what we do, and my husband loves this part because he loves knowing what he's going to eat far ahead of time. My daughter does too. They just, they wake up in the morning asking what's for dinner or what's for breakfast the next day. So what we do is that I decide, my family and I decide what we want to share with our friends. What do we want to feed these people? And so we kind of make a menu for ourselves. And then I speak to the person that we're inviting over, example, my sister-in-law. And I say, this is what I plan on cooking. This is what I plan on serving. Let's talk about what we can make sure from this menu will work for your family and your family's needs and what may not so that we can take that and we can kind of tweak the menu. Do you want to cook this? Do you want to have that? And so that kind of goes into my number four. So three and four are kind of the same. We basically work together to make a menu. And with that menu, we then ask the guests to see if they want to make a contribution. So for us, for instance, when we go over to my in-law's house, they always ask if we want to bring dessert because dessert for us can be kind of tricky. And they know that I can make a dessert that is not only safe for my daughter, but for everybody else. And so, and vice versa, you know, if my niece is coming over, then we say, hey, look, bring a dessert. If you don't mind, if you want to bring something, bring a dessert that can be safe for her. So that if I'm making cupcakes for Kirsten and that's safe, then you maybe bring cupcakes that look exactly the same that are gluten-free. So if I'm making pink cupcakes with white icing, she can make pink cupcakes with white icing. Now, that does seem like a lot to ask. She is family, so it works out for us. But if you just have a guest, maybe a new friend that you're having over, just say, hey, look, we would like to make this as easy as possible for you. Let's talk about the menu. Let's work together. What would you like to bring that is going to assure that you have at least one food that you're like, that's for me. That makes me feel super comfortable. I'm going to eat that and I'm going to be fine. And it kind of seems, I guess, maybe a little counterintuitive to say, hey, come over, bring your own food. But that's not really what we're doing. We're sort of making this, again, a gathering and, and a safe gathering. So by asking someone if they choose to, hey, look, If bringing a dessert makes you feel comfortable, if bringing an appetizer makes you feel comfortable or a side, whatever it may be, by all means, bring it. Because sometimes people want to bring things to your home as as guests. They kind of want to bring you a little host gift or contribute to the meal. And this way, you're saying, hey, it's okay to do so. But you're also giving them the option to bring something that makes them feel right at home in terms of food safety. Hi there, this is Alexis from the Hoyt Institute of Food Allergy. Did you know that the Institute is the official sponsor of the Food Allergy and Your Kiddo podcast? And did you also know that you are now able to connect with Dr. Hoyt directly? That's right. We are now offering food allergy office hours for parents. These one-on-one virtual sessions are available for parents all across the country. It's an educational session, not an office visit, where you can ask all of your food allergy questions and finally get answers. It's as comfortable as having a cup of coffee with your bestie. Simply click the link in the show notes to schedule and mention this ad. We are so, so excited to connect with parents across the globe with this new service. Okay, now back to Pam and Dr. Hoyt. 
Absolutely. I love that. I mean, so many times when somebody invites me over, I'm like, oh, yes, what can I bring? And so this really, even though if you're inviting me over, you already have the menu, like if it's Southwest night or something like that, you've already kind of got the menu prepared, but you're asking my input and you're asking me to contribute in a way that makes me feel like I'm bringing something to the table. But also in a way that I know I'm bringing something that's safe. I'll probably ask you the same questions about what is your family, about your family's needs. Definitely. And you brought up something earlier that leads us to number five, label accordingly and be consistent. Definitely. I think that, so you have all of this food and you're making sure that everything is safe. You've already asked them, what can we do? What can we not do to make you feel at home? and safe. So when they walk into your house, you want to make sure that if they said to you, Hey, you know what? We feel comfortable with everything. You make whatever it is that you're going to make. We just would like to know where we are in terms of food safety. So I can have my spread out on the table and then I will label everything. So if I have a crab dip, I'm going to write crab dip. So that way, if a person's coming into my home with a shellfish allergy, they know, oh, that's not for me. If I have a cream cheese dip, I can put cream cheese dip made with dairy. So again, it it might seem like you're taking that extra step, but you're bringing people into your home and you want to make them comfortable and you want to be comfortable. And so labeling your foods and maybe what is contained in them will make it super easy for them to look at all of the food and not question, not accidentally grab something that they can't have that's going to make them sick or God forbid, have an allergic reaction. And so by being consistent with your food, by having that plan ahead of time, and then by labeling the foods with cute little labels for a little dinner party, that definitely allows the guests to feel more at home, to feel safer. Whenever we have just informal gatherings with my in-laws, what I do is that I take all of the things that are gluten-free and I make sure that my niece knows exactly where they are and that those are the only foods that she can have and nothing else goes near them. So I will lay out some snacks for her. I will lay out some food for her. And I say, look, sweetie, this is where it is this is your food and nobody else is allowed to touch it and nobody else is allowed to put anything near it. So it's the celiac free or the gluten-free corner. And that makes it really easy for her to just walk into my kitchen and grab what it is that she needs. And it also makes it stress-free for my in-laws to know that she has a section of food that is safe for her. And just kind of to note with all of these things, it seems like it's very fussy and it seems like we're doing a lot of work and prep work, but we're really not because chances are that your guest is going to say, you know what, you do whatever it is that you need to do. Here are the foods we stay away from. This is what I would prefer that you do. And then it's going to be it. There may not necessarily be a need for you labeling things or a need for you cooking three different types of pastas. But the fact of the matter is, is that you're, by having this conversation with your guests, you're letting them know that, hey, I take your food allergy intolerance with care. I take it seriously. And I want to make sure that you feel safe in my home. So it's five things. I mean, we talked about it in just a few minutes. And in just a few minutes, you can just make sure that someone's safe and comfortable at your house. And so it's just really some quick, simple steps to just make sure 
that you make people feel at ease. And it seems very repetitive, but that's sort of the point. We're gathering, we're loving on each other. We're, and especially in this time where you don't get to see people very often, you want to make sure that we're doing this the right way. And so just kind of looking back on this list and seeing where you can make yourself comfortable, less stressful, make them comfortable and less stressed, just really seems Mm -hmm. like the best choice. Because honestly, would you want to go to someone's house or have someone come to your house, eat something that they can't have, and then they have an allergic reaction? Or (laughs) I don't want to be responsible for that. And again, we just kind of live in an age where so many people have intolerances or allergies or dietary preferences that it just seems, again, second nature to ask these things these days. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Absolutely. One thing I want to definitely include regarding labeling, because you brought up where we try to make sure kiddos feel included. And so if one person has a cupcake, they have a cupcake that looks very similar. Is that label the cupcakes so that you know specifically which one is safe and which one is not safe. And with cupcakes, there are some tricks with cupcakes. I mean, you can definitely put cute little flags in them. Mm -hmm. There's so many different cute ways to decorate cupcakes these days. But also when you're baking them, you can like say little Mary Jane is allergic to peanuts, but her favorite color is pink. So you're always going to bake Mary Jane's cupcakes and pink cupcake papers so that you always know that if it's in a pink paper and you made it like that's your code. I'm all about codes. I've Um, never thought about that in all these years. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a good idea. We learned so much from having these discussions, yeah. right? And I bet I bet our listeners have some amazing tips too. So y'all, please submit submit your tips to us so that we can share these and and provide even more ways to make it easier for food allergy, food intolerance families to entertain and also to be entertained, to be the guests. Because I know in talking with Pam and talking with other food allergy mamas and papas, like so many times you guys, you take the brunt of it, like you take it on yourselves to to host everything, to be at every field trip, to do all of those things. And and these are these are small ways that we can we can love on other families that have food issues, food allergies, intolerance, whatever it may be. But also families who aren't challenged by these issues can can learn some from us and slowly start to sort of change the culture of instead of us being kind of looked at funny because we we have a food intolerance or a food allergy they're like oh well you know we we want to accommodate you we're hosting you because we want to love on you please let me know how I can make this a wonderful experience because I want you to come back because I'm investing in this relationship. That's the whole reason we have people over for for dinner is because we're investing in relationships. And it might start with really small things, right? Like just having someone over for snacks and making sure the snacks are gluten-free. And so you start with baby steps. And because at first I'll tell you, and I know I'm kind of going off on this, (laughs) but like, it it can be very daunting to look in the allergy, the food allergy aisles, yeah. but starting small, opening those lines of communication. And it's, it's amazing how quickly people can learn how to prepare food safely for families with food allergies. Exactly. And I was going to kind of touch on that as well. When you said that it was daunting to look down the food allergy aisle at the grocery store, 
if your grocery store has one, that just because I or we as food allergy families think of these things, that doesn't necessarily mean that Johnny down the street who doesn't have any food intolerances or allergies is going to think about this when inviting someone over who may have a food allergy or intolerance. And that's okay. That does not make them a bad person. They just don't know. And so I think that as food allergy families, that's whenever you can kind of take that time to say, oh, well, hey, by the way, we have this intolerance but or allergy, but you know, it's okay. We can bring our own food. And that way they can kind of say, oh, shoot, I didn't realize that. What can I do to make this easier for you? So many times at this point, we were invited to birthday parties. And at this point, we've gotten to a kind of a situation where when my daughter gets an invitation to someone's house, they automatically say, what can she have? What what can I bring or what can I buy to make sure that she can have it? And we appreciate that so much. Does that mean that we expect people to do this all the time? No, because it's not their reality. They don't automatically think about food allergies all day long the way we do. But it is so very much appreciated. And oftentimes I say, you know what? As long as you don't have peanuts in your house or around what she's going to eat, it's fine. She can bring her own cupcake. She can bring her own safe snack because that makes her feel more comfortable. That's just where she is in her little life right now. But just the fact that people are kind of already thinking ahead. So it seems like maybe a lot of steps, but really once the family that's hosting you and and building that relationship with you gets to know you, it just kind of becomes second nature to them and they will know what to expect. And they will probably get to a point where they don't even really have to ask you anymore. And you don't really have to ask them. I mean, clearly you will always go over there and say, Hey, what's safe, what's not safe. But it just really does help with those relationships. And as a mom who has watched her child feel left out because everybody gets the cool cake with the rings and she gets a little cupcake with no rings, it is so heartwarming when parents or little buddies or friends will pull out a ring and wash it all off and give it to her to make sure that even though she can't have the cake, she could have that as well. So just, you know, any level of inclusion, I guess, is kind of what I'm trying to get at that it doesn't necessarily mean that people have to bring things over to your house or um, you have to ask them to bring something to their house. You know, sometimes it's just the thought that counts and, and really does help make everybody feel at home and welcome. And like I said, a million times less stress in a situation that sometimes can be kind of stressful for food allergy families. Absolutely. And going into the holiday season, that's exactly the spirit that we want to have. Pam, I've loved this episode. Short, quick, and to the point, but it was good. Okay, y'all. If you have some tips for us, send them in. Definitely. Pam, so good to see you. Good to see you too. Take care. Take care. Happy holidays. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know I certainly did. Um, It's always great to talk with Pam. She is just such a wealth of knowledge. And y'all, send us your tips so that we can share them on the podcast, on the info blog. And, you know, I just can't highlight how wonderful labeling food is, labeling what's safe and also labeling this contains peanut or this contains cow's milk so that 
everybody can really know what's in the food, whether they're avoiding it because of an allergy or an intolerance, or they're just trying to kind of not eat as much gluten. You know, who knows? But people appreciate that type of information. And of course, I am an allergist, but I'm not your allergist. So talk with your allergist about what you may have learned today and what questions you have. God bless you and God bless your family. Thanks for listening to this episode of Food Allergy and Your Kiddo with food allergist, Dr. Alice Hoyt. For more information on navigating the world of food allergy, visit www.foodallergyandyourkiddo.com and follow Dr. Hoyt on Twitter at Dr. Alice Hoyt. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Let's take the anxiety and confusion out of food allergy. 